Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell, and I'm coming to you for Church Planner Podcast number 33. This is the final part, the third part of our interview with Jill Martin Ritchie. She is the eldest daughter to Dr. Walter Martin. If you haven't listened to the first two parts, you want to go back and listen to them as a church planner. You will deal with the cults and the occult. And you need to be properly prepared for when you run into these situations. These three are not going to give you everything you need to know, but they are going to give you a foundation to know that you're not going crazy when you hear certain things. I encourage you, I implore you, if you haven't listened to Church Planner Podcast 31 and 32, make sure you go back and listen to those. But I'm also going to encourage you to continue to listen to this one, because this one we're going to get into a little bit more of the occult, a little bit more of some something that uh, you know people like me who are Baptist backgrounds are very uncomfortable with. But the reality is, if you believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, God tells us this is what we're dealing with. We need to be prepared for it. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Before we uh, finish today, let's hear a little bit about you. What's your story? What what was it like growing up with your dad? How did he impact you? And tell us a little bit more about the ministry now. Well, my father used to, when I was little, he used to preach at these camp meetings. And, of course, they've fallen by the wayside. (laughs) don't happen anymore. But there was a place called Pinebrook, and he used to go up there, and there was a big, big, almost like a barn kind of shape, and it would be filled with people singing praises, singing hymns, and we were there one weekend. I think I was only like four years old, and I remember uh, this sermon touched me so much, just as a little kid. I have such a clear memory of that, and I also have the memory of later on kneeling by my bed with my dad and accepting Jesus into my heart, just as a little girl. Hmm. And, 
and I also remember just the great love. I just I just remember loving him so much. Uh, I went through a period of rebellion. I think everybody, or most everybody, <laughs> does. But when I was 18, um, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that was incredible and transformed my life. And so uh, I realized then, as an 18-year-old, that God is real. He's alive. He is powerful. There's supernatural power, and all we have to do is ask Him for it. You know, today, so many people want to sterilize God. They want to make Him into something cold and clean and, you know, untouchable. And the very opposite is true. He's warm and alive and Mm. vibrant and transforming and Mm. loving. And that supernatural power is available to us. And so I Mm. was filled with the Holy Spirit at 18, transformed my life. And then I went to college at Oral Roberts University, as my husband Kevin and I say, when it was a good school. Oh, no. <laughs> then, you know, Oral was, you know, we saw Oral Roberts in action, and unfortunately, that was sad. Uh, but now I think it's returning to to the good side of things. And so my husband yeah. and I met at Oral Roberts University, and uh, we got married shortly after I graduated, and uh, he graduated later on from a different school. And so just at that point, I never felt called to do anything, and neither did my husband. It wasn't until, you know, probably we were in our, I guess, 30s, right after my dad died, that God started to work in our hearts and uh, just felt this incredible passion and calling to to try to help people, not to necessarily carry on my father's work, but to help people with answers, which, of course, meant carrying on my father's work and just this love for people and wanting to make sure that they they could think about things or, or hear about things that they might ne- not necessarily hear about um, in their quote-unquote religion. So um, that's what happened. My husband, his life was transformed. And he felt called and and ever since then, you know, we started Walter Martin Ministries in 1998 um, under the umbrella nonprofit called Religious Information Network. And ever since then, um, he's been saving his audios, and I've been working on his books and just trying to get that information out to people and keep yeah. that vision that my dad had. I believe that God gave my father keep it alive, and and God has really blessed it, and we've grown tremendously and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting to see what he's doing. You know, when God moves, you just can stand back in awe, really. Yeah, you right. Back in, yeah, you just stand back and say, wow, I know I'm not doing this. <laughs> I hey, know Pete, we want a radio this. station. I know. We've been praying for the wrong stuff. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny because we'll pray, we're praying for a Winnebago right now. But, you know, every once in a while, we're not asking for radio. Just Winnebagos, but... You know, the uh, the funny thing is, is that, like you said, like, Joe, you would have never thought, I would imagine, that God dropped a radio station in your lap. Never. Never. That's so and amazing. Not, you know, and in the 16 market, top 20 market in America, I mean. It's amazing. Only God does that. I mean, we yeah. sure would never have the power or even the knowledge to be able to do it, you know, because it's a minefield trying to get through the Federal Communications Commission and all the mm. requirements 
it's a minefield. And then there's the huge cost involved, which, of course, we were just a small ministry. And who has that kind of money? But you know what? Yeah. God. God has all the money in the world, yeah. and, and he sends it to you when you need it. And one of my great heroes, you talk about heroes, I know exactly how that feels, because one of my great heroes, probably number one, um, right up there with my dad, is George Mueller. Mm-hmm. And George mm-hmm. Mueller was an yeah. incredible man, yeah, who founded or- all those orphanages in mm-hmm. England in the 1800s with zero money. Yep. I mean, God built the whole thing and ended up giving him millions of dollars. Why? Yeah. Because what he wanted was for God's glory, and that's the key. Yeah. That Amen. is only for God's glory, never for our glory, only for his glory, and then he blesses it. Yeah. You know, hey, Jill, you, oh, let, let me ask a, a quick question, if I can. Um, yeah. I, my, my, uh, my father is a pastor, and I've worked with a lot of Mormons in my life, and so I remember you know, asking my dad, um, are you guys still there? Yeah. yeah. Still here. Okay. Sorry. You want me to go my somewhere? phone all of a sudden. My phone went silent. I'm like, oh no, did I just hang up on everyone? I I, I can leave if you want. I you know I'm, I I'll go away. Let let me let me redo that because that that's going to be edited out there. Uh, <laughs> what? I know. I know. So uh, anyway, my we, we don't edit on here. Sorry. Normally, now yeah. you got to edit that too. And normally that. we don't. And that. Uh, no, joking. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Faye. Appreciate that. Um, my father was a, a pastor all, all my life, and uh, working with a, a bunch of Mormons, I you know reached out to my dad one time. And I said, "Hey, you know, I need some resources. Um, I don't know what the Mormons believe. I don't know anything about that." And of course, he pointed me to Kingdom of the Cults, which I've I've got. Can you tell us what's the difference between the Kingdom of the Cults book and the Kingdom of the Occult book? Uh, just so everyone kind of understands um, the differences and, and, you know, they can see which, which resource they, they might need. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, my father always wanted to write a companion volume to the Kingdom of the Cults. He always wanted to write the Kingdom of the Occult, which would deal, of course, with things having to do with um, New Age and uh, witchcraft, uh, Satanism, all of those lovely things that nobody really ever wants to go anywhere near. <laughs> so yeah. he, he really wanted to do that, and he would talk about it on and off, but he was getting hit so hard during his lifetime that um, he just, I think, could not even contemplate the level of spiritual warfare that would come against him if he did the book, The Kingdom of the Occult. So mm. he, uh, mm. and, and now, of course, you know, now, of course, um, I, I came to realize that that wasn't what he was supposed to do. He had other things to do. God brought about the kingdom of the occult in an incredible way. Uh, Kevin and I had always thought, you know, it would be a good thing to do that. But, you know, you never, ever, ever want to enter into the world of the occult unless yeah. you feel God is bringing you there. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wanted to do it, but I avoided it for a really long time. Because I didn't feel as if I was called into that. Hold on, I'm just gonna. Can can I pause this a second? Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna switch rooms here because I've got a little baby crying in the other room. Hold on. No, okay. We gotta let you go, anyways. Hey Pete. Yeah. Sorry to make you edit that one part again. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry Um, about it. Pete loves that stuff, Jill. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I've got my my little baby granddaughter in the other room, and she oh. she decided to go ah! right in the middle, and I didn't know if you would hear that. Nah, so, we actually didn't. Yeah. Oh, no? good. Okay. Okay. So then, um, let me close the door here, and I'll just pick up. Okay. So I'll pick up right here. So my father was so overwhelmed, I think, by what was going on with the kingdom of the cults and all the spiritual warfare attached to that, uh, you know, from Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and Christian science and all of those religions that are part of kingdom of the cults. He couldn't even contemplate or find the time, I think, to deal with this aspect of it. However, he taught on it in his lectures. So what I did, along with Kurt Van Gordon, who is my dad's number one researcher, um, I went and looked through his lectures and took his lectures and adapted them for the book so that, you know, it's a lot different when you speak than when you write. And then whatever my father did not write on, um, I went out and researched, or Kurt went out and researched. And so we have chapters in there. Um, Really, the, the Kingdom of the Occult, the first chapter, is phenomenal. My dad wrote this little booklet years ago, and it hasn't been out in the marketplace for decades. And he talks about why the Bible is a supernatural book and who Satan really is and this whole pattern, setting up this whole pattern of the kingdom of the occult. And then it goes into the occult revolution and doctrine of the demons, ancient paganism, Kabbalah, psychic phenomena, astrology, all of these things, tools of the occult um, that are linked directly to the world of the occult. And we also have in there demon possession and exorcism. And along with that, we have Christian counseling in the occult and a counseling assessment sheet to um, if someone's confused or needs help with, is this person really demon-possessed or are we dealing with mental illness here? Uh, that's in there, too. And God brought it about in a miraculous way. You know, um, we were talking earlier about you have to be, you have to feel called to do something like this, to delve into the world of the occult, because I would sit at my computer and Kurt would sit at his and we'd have around us on the floor all these books on witchcraft and all these things that you would not ever want anywhere near your home and your family. <laughs> yeah. But God did an amazing thing. He taught us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we had mm. such a joy the whole time we were putting this together. We call it a spiritual warfare manual against mm. the world of the occult. And it really is a book filled with joy because we've already won. And that is the theme that goes through the whole book. It's training people to answer questions, to protect themselves and protect their families against this onslaught we've had, like of witchcraft, Wicca, mm. all these things out there, and just teaching them and teaching them from the perspective that, look, here are the facts, this is what these people believe, and here is the biblical answer to it. And so it's not a dark book. It's it's a very joy-filled manual, I guess I, I like to say a manual, to teach you how to stand and fight, to put on your spiritual armor and get out there and know what you believe and why you believe it. I dig it. You know, and that's I, the thing. Oh, go Pete. I was going to say, I am so looking forward to reading that because a lot of our church planners, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we already know that they run into Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and um, and a lot of the groups, uh, Christian Science uh, that you talk about and the, the Kingdom of the Cults or that Dr. Uh, mm -hmm. Martin talks about there. And at the same time, too, I mean, Peyton and I have heard so many times from people who are like, well, you know, um, we've got a big Wicca community. 
And I, I've never even known a resource that we could, you know, point to like this. I mean, that's, I'm so excited about that. And uh, a lot of the, the circles that I travel in, being a, an entrepreneur and running several businesses, I mean, and, and the primary thing that I do is, is marketing. And so I'll have people come to me and say, hey, you know, I do this uh, astrology stuff and I'd like uh, your help in marketing this. And I'm like, um, I can't go there. But I've never even thought of that in terms of uh, the occult and yeah, the, yeah. the new age stuff that I run into. In fact, uh, I, I went to this one conference that's held uh, every few months in Las Vegas and I felt so, um, well, like there was an evil presence at this thing. And I would say a good 80% of the people I talked to were new age, astrology, um, you know, reincarnation, all this stuff. And I remember leaving it and I called up a buddy of mine who's the CEO for uh, apologetics.com. And, um, I said, look, I need to get together with you for lunch. I go, I just feel like I got to talk to another Christian, man. Cause I'm, I'm in a world where there's not many Christians and I just felt in this environment. So it was just so weird. Like, my wife and I always refer to it as, you know, okay, am I going to go hang out with the crazies again this weekend? But it, it's really a, a demeaning term, and we shouldn't use that because, they're, you know, God loves them just as much as he loves me. But, right, uh, right. But it's – so to me, I am so looking forward to reading that book, knowing that there is a, a resource of that caliber of, of doctors, mm. you know, worthy of putting Walter Martin's name on it. I mean, I am, I am all over that. That is, that is such good news to me. Oh, that's really kind. I, I know what you mean, though, that feeling of craziness. And, and maybe it's not so much the people as it is what it is they're talking about. That just seems so, or that feeling you get that's just like off, you know? Yeah. Because I'm with you, too. I mean, your first sense is like, oh, this is crazy. And and I think that the occult comes off like that, and, and the power of the occult comes off like that initially. But it's really... Um, so insidious it gets in there into people's mm-hmm. hearts and minds because it's real it is real and throughout this book um i give case studies that my dad uh talked about in all of his lectures we pull them as case studies so each chapter has a case study in it where you can actually see how my father dealt with the things that he ran into out there and really you know what Peyton it amazes me that you are involved in exorcisms because there is no one out there that I know of. I tried to find someone um, when I was working on Kingdom of the Occult. I'd never been contacted before in the entire ministry, but when I was working on Kingdom of the Occult, I got contacted by several people saying, please, I think, you know, my son or my daughter is possessed, or I ran into this person, and I tried to find help for them. I could not yeah. find help anywhere, anywhere. I called churches. I called um, apologetic ministries, and no one knew anyone who was yeah. dealing with possession. And this is a part of what is going on in the world today that yeah. um, the church is, has just turned away from. When you think about Absolutely. it, in the, you know, in four, I think it's three of the four Gospels, Jesus spends a huge amount of time talking about demons and their yeah. influence on people in this world and how to fight them. 
I mean, if God feels that that is worthy of being included in the Gospels, you know, he only had a certain amount of space that he was going to use for that, and yet he uses all of that in those Gospels. Isn't it something that we as the Church should maybe take a look at and re-examine and set up resources for people? Absolutely. So it makes me feel really good to hear that you are out there doing that, because it's a scary thing to do and a very scary place to be when you're confronting a demon. You know, I absolutely hate being in an exorcism. I always, you know, in in one sense, like you could, yeah, you know, like kind of put your shoulders back, whatnot, baby, you know, yeah, I'm in them. It's not like that. It's not a John Wayne thing. You feel hopelessly out of your depth. I can remember um, there was one that I was in, uh, in Long Beach where a guy came you could feel him before he walked into the room. And there was such an oppression. And I remember standing with him outside talking to him. And uh, and, and this is going to freak some of our listeners out. But I literally said to him, the Lord rebuke you. And he couldn't talk for about 30 seconds. And that's, you know, we always make fun of Jimbo on the show. You know, Jimbo's always there. It happens to be there going, dude, what, what, what happened then, you know? And and that was, you know, but there was such an oppression that literally, I kid you not, um, I grew up with an abusive past, um, a lot of junk happened in my, everything got dragged up at that moment. It was like every single bit of pain and torment that I had ever been through in my life, right then all those feelings came back as I was standing face to face with this guy and I was losing. I was literally feeling as if I were sinking and drowning And I remember just thinking, what's happening? And I just, this is going to sound funny because it was like being a Jedi. It was like just, you know, all right, you know, instead of panicking, I just went, Lord Jesus, and just started praying, you know, just boom. And this peace flooded me. And that's when I turned to him and said, the Lord rebuke you. And there was a power and there was a presence. The presence of God came in. So you were always out of your depth. And I, and I guess really, um, I hate him. And so it, it was funny. You, you said that, you know, you couldn't find anyone. I got a call. If, if you look at Church Zero, cha-ching, uh, you'll notice that uh, you have to do that, by the way, on this show when you mention your book. So from now on, if we talk to him, the awful, you have to say cha-ching. That's the rule on the Church Planner podcast. But uh, – and, and you should do it copiously. You should mention it a lot. Just just practice every once in a while. But but if you notice, uh, I the, the guitarist from Corn, uh, you know, he endorsed the book. The way I got that endorsement was he had the same problem. He was playing concerts after he got saved, and he was sharing his testimony. And he had a guy write him a letter, and it was basically the guy saying, I want to eat human beings, I want to eat human flesh. And, of course, I'm a psychner, so that always helps, you know, having that background. But yeah. um, through the friend of a friend, uh, I was contacted, and they said, look, I do ministry with Brian Head Welch of Corn. Um, he got this letter. He's asked, do I know anybody in Southern California who does exorcisms, and this person had been at Refuge Long Beach and had seen what we did. She was an ex-lesbian stripper, had been converted, and was now doing ministry. And so she, uh, she said, look, you know, um, I told him about you. Is that okay? And so I went and did this exorcism. That's how I got Brian to endorse a book. Brian would have never picked my book up, but it was because 
you know, he basically was like, hey, can I call on you, Phil? Of course, you know, I turned back around and said, hey, will you endorse my book now? But, there was, <laughs> but literally, literally, we met this guy up in, uh, in I can't remember if it was like Sherman Oaks or uh, we have a church planner coming from there, so it might be, but I think it was actually Sherman Oaks. And, um, you know, we, we met him in a, you know, I met him in a public place and I was with uh, my co-pastor I write about in the book who, uh, you know, we had done exorcisms together in the UK and uh, we were there and then the, he didn't even believe in it. He, he, he had no idea. When we started saying we're going to pray and ask him questions about demons, he was smirking and laughing at us. And then we're in the back seat of my car it manifested and I can't, you know, it, it's weird when you're doing an exorcism, the, the time goes, you lose track of time. This can happen sometimes when you're praying in the spirit chair. Um, I remember praying once thinking it was 45 minutes. It was five hours. And thing is, Jill is like your dad. I'm not a freak. Like I'm saying all this and people are like, Oh, he's one of those. No, I am from a word based background. Like this is not, you know, uh, Oh, I just, you know, I watch TV and I get all these weird ideas and no, literally, um, in the back of my car, I, it, it ended up like it took like an hour, hour and a half when we looked at the clock, but it seemed like five, 10 minutes. And, uh, but he started manifesting and vomiting. I mean, everything started turning loose in the back of the car and he was transformed. I mean, this guy, you know, completely changed and I'm still in touch with him. Um, he ended up going and serving at a church. His uncle was a pastor, started living with him and, but it was crazy absolutely crazy. And I think the importance of the book, The Kingdom of the Occult and WalterMinistries.com is we're in a time where all people are talking about right now is words. All people yeah. are doing right now is talking reason. And what's great about Dr. Martin is that he was a, I mean, undoubtedly a strong believer in reason. He was word and spirit. And that's what this next generation is going to need to see is when Paul said, I did not come to you in word only, but in a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The postmoderns are talking about ideas. Paul went into a, a postmodern world. The first century was postmodern. And there's a reason that the Spirit did wonders, because they were relativistic. They were very cynical of religion. Religion had been overdone. Nobody believed truth like, like Pilate. What is truth? You know, it's just cynical, right. just non-believing. And the spirit goes, boom, I'm going to bring power so you listen to the word. And so in, in future, we, Pete and I actually talked about this last week. We finished the podcast. They said, in future, Pete, because we don't talk about exorcism that often, but it comes up. But I said, Pete, we need to, to do a podcast on this. We don't want to have the Sons of Seva, you know, situation where guys are out there and they're not equipped to be um, it's not something you want to get into, but I, I'm just looking at waltermartin.com and I'm, I'm noticing, and this is again, the importance of having, uh, these resources is so that you can learn and you can kind of gain, uh, you know, the biblical tools. I'm just looking at what you have posted right now. There's 24 messages of Dr. Martin's stuff. And, and if you don't know what a goldmine this is, Back when they were uh, with uh, Christian Research Institute under Hank Hennegraaff, you had to pay about $6 a cassette, um, maybe more, to get these. These are free online, and you can support the ministry. There's a Support Us tab. 
Um, but they're 24. And, and what uh, Joe and Kevin do is they update them uh, from month to month. There's 24 this month. You can listen to one a day on your way home, on your commute. Here's, here's a list. Charisma, cultic, occultic, or Christian, part one and two. Church of Satan and the Satanic Bible, one and two. Doctrine of Demons, uh, one and two. ESP and Parapsychology, one and two. Hypnotism, medical and occultic. Now, by the way, that is phenomenal. That, that one right there is amazing. Gene Dixon, Edgar Cayce, uh, New Age Movement, Occultic Revolution, Psychic Phenomena, Spiritism. Nobody's talking about this, and I'll tell you why. Because people did not have the experience. Dr. Martin was a trained hypnotist. He found this stuff out personally. So uh, he had multiple degrees. He knew the scripture inside and out, but he would, he would actually go and find out. He doesn't talk from the side. Dr. Martin was, as Jill pointed out, a researcher, park extraordinaire. He found out. He's giving firsthand knowledge about this stuff. It's an amazing thing when you realize that um, we're told that we do not fight against flesh and blood. So if we do not fight against flesh and blood in Ephesians 6, who are we fighting against? And shouldn't we learn their strategy Shouldn't we learn how to cripple them, to fight them, to stand and defend the faith against them? And that's what um, you can find out. And I, I, it was amazing to me. I say you can find out. I found it out as I was going through all of my father's lectures in Kingdom of the Occult, just thinking, wow, this is who we're fighting against. And really... Mm. That's what we answer. We answer, who are we fighting against? The fact that they're already defeated, we take it from that perspective. And then we go into scriptural answers, scriptural reasons for faith. So it's really a strong and rich resource as far as defending the faith. And what you talk about with with the kingdom of the occult that you've encountered, that's going on everywhere. And there are people not getting help at all. Yeah. You know, they think and they're it, crazy or their loved one is crazy. And, and what is this darkness, this feeling of, ugh, when you're around that person? Like, like these people scare you because yeah. there is something there. There is some other thing there that is real. And you would be amazed at how many people in the world, in the secular culture, believe in it. They believe that there is something yeah. evil out there. They believe that it is influencing either their lives or the lives of someone they know. They just can't put a name to it. They just don't know how to analyze it. And I think that's where the church has really dropped the ball. We've stopped talking about the supernatural aspect of God and of the enemy. I mean, there's only a handful of churches out there doing it. The rest of them are doing nice sermons on Sunday morning about how to handle your finances. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, so, you know, and that's not what we need. Hey, Jill, that sounds like a little bit of, you know, wanting to sink the boat there coming through. I don't know about this rocking the boat thing. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going well, to come you know, on here and behave and be safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot, of, a big part of that boat is labeled apathy. Yeah, because absolutely. Yeah, because people have just accepted the sanitized version of Christianity. That's not what Christianity is. It's power. Yeah, and that's what the scripture says. And my people love to have it so. You know, it's exactly what people want. You know, just don't rock the boat. Just let me live my. My quiet, peaceful life, like Radiohead said, no alarms and no surprises, please. 
you know, yeah. and yet we're called to a war. You know, you were born into this. You were born into it. You're born into a war. You're born into this time. You know, it's interesting because uh, before we close, uh, I've been reading, my goal this year was to read through all of C.S. Lewis's books, not his academic stupid ones like, you know, uh, Renaissance literature, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that snore, right? But like all of his theology stuff and including some of his fiction that I hadn't read, and it is amazing, like, as I'm reading through this now, um, where he was at as far as, you know, his insight, um, people are discovering him now because, you know, he was so much further along. That culture is where our culture is today. And, of course, you know, people are going to that now realizing that, uh, wow, Lewis has a lot of insight. Well, what's happened is our culture is now caught up with Britain. It's been about 60, 70 years on. Um, you know, uh, he was at, the, at his height in the 40s, 50s. Um, and, of course, you know, we're discovering him. But what stuck out to me is here you got this Oxford Don and this very intelligent, scholastic, academic, and almost nobody that I know of, that I read of, I read their theology, talks about the supernatural more than C.S. Lewis. He was a firm believer in the supernatural. And, yeah, and, exactly. And so your, your father, the same thing. Again, that balance of word and spirit, that, that intellect and yet the spirit's power, um, it, it just reminds me of the Apostle Paul. And so I pray, you know, that, you know, WalterMartin.com continues to grow. I, I thank you so much for doing what you guys are doing, for keeping that legacy going, for continuing the work uh, you know, taking uh, some of the unfinished work, because uh, I remember being shocked when he passed away. I, I, I didn't expect it. I don't know if it was sudden on your end, uh, if people yeah. were, but, but it seemed to me like the ministry, and I remember somebody from CRI, I had a friend working there, um, he said, you know, they were really, because I think, what was it, like 89 that your father went home? Was that right? Right, right. 89, and, and, you know, they really, they had this plan for the 90s. Like, they were just getting started. I mean, they, were, they really had some amazing things, that, and it all got derailed. And so I'm just excited, and I love the partnership that we're forming with Church Planner Magazine, where you're very graciously sharing uh, some of the resources with our church planners, and just love it. want to thank you for coming on. Well, I'm honored. I'm I'm really honored, and I'm blessed that that you have this love for my dad, and and that you know this this feeling of um, calling. You know, that be, being called to do church planting is wow. What an honor to be able to do that. And uh, I am thankful for you guys and what you are doing, and for the honor of being part of it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely be hearing from you in, in future. And Thank uh, you great. very much. Yeah. Great. And Pete's going to give a book report on your book coming up, right, Pete? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are so excerpts. We on, if you want to look oh, at it, you know, it's, there are excerpts on Google. Um, and then I can also, you want guys want me to send you a copy? or? Absolutely. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And we will definitely review that coming up because I got as excited about Pete about it. So anyways, hey, this has been uh, Pete and Peyton and Jill. 
And uh, we've been here, you've been listening to the Church Planter Podcast, Yield. And uh, we're here to remind you that if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you have to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music.